Podmore Get Better is filmed in front of a live studio audience. I am Will Sandstead here with Tony Johnson on May 6, 2019. Tony, how are you doing? It's been a while, my man. Yeah, I haven't seen you since yesterday, but it's been a little while on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's correct. We've uh, we've had some things. You've had family trips. I've uh, had trips with me and the panda. Uh, I don't have a sounds like a family you know, trip to me. Yeah, I don't I don't have kids, so trying to keep it that way which is always nice uh but lots of stuff to talk about we kind of we kind of hit a slow time here uh we knew we had events mode coming and we also had the the event qualifying going on our, our studio audience good thing we have a bouncer named steve just like uh, the jerry springer show so everyone can start yelling steve but yeah so so we've got some more podca- podcast content now we kind of hit the low we had the new courses you know we hit the new tees and now we're going to kind of team this up and try to get some of this brought out to everyone and yesterday was the day that the final events mode qualifier qualifier number 11 or excuse me number 12 just ended yeah i think uh i'm not sure exactly how long ago it was that we did a podcast we'll say over a month i know that uh but uh yeah it was probably after week four or so the uh, events mode so maybe two months but uh yeah last last night was a wild chase i kept hitting refresh on my phone yeah i there was i i knew that you had dropped another score not that you were trying to qualify, you were just trying to make more money. I know you, and I kept hitting refresh, and it took like 30 minutes for it to refresh. It was pretty frustrating, uh, as frustrating as that can be, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, it was fun watching all the guys jump over each other and yeah. uh, and chase that final spot. This last week was seven spots instead of the normal five, and uh, I think it's good because could you imagine if it was just five spots this week? That oh. would have been a, I mean, it would have been even more of a bloodbath. Yeah, that, that would have gotten really, really gross. So what ended up happening is we had, uh, it was the part three week, and the basically everybody that qualified got at least five two-betters, and everybody that qualified got at least one three-better. Most people got one three-better based on their scores. So we had one guy at 102, that was Eric Rios, and then we had seven guys at 101, which meant one guy got left out, which is too bad. It's always nice when that cutoff line happens right at a stroke because then you don't feel so bad. Correct. So, unfortunately, uh, Brian Wall was the odd man out, and he uh, – maybe we should pour pour one out for Brian Wall. Bre- Brian Wall, this this one goes out to you, my man. This, so close. This uh, Surly Furious IPA is for you, buddy. Uh, Blue Mountains are here for you. You had a tough mountain to climb, uh, but we're here for you, my but, man. But as we'll talk about in a little bit, you've got another chance coming down the road. Oh, yeah. Ah, beautiful. We'll toast that one up. Cheers. Good to be back, Tony. So anyway, uh, Brian Wall did not make it. I already mentioned Eric Rios, Jeremiah Lair, uh, Daniel Klauslewski, uh We'll just call him Daniel K. Daniel Dan- K. Daniel K. is going to be there. And then we've got a Dean L. I- I'm not sure. Who I'm not going to try to mess with that What's, last name. Yeah. Uh, Mike S. Sirwa, cirrhosis of the liver, I'm not sure. <laughs> After this week, I think yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, he was a Minnesota guy there. Uh, he was pretty stressed out all week. As yeah. stressed out as Mike can get. Well, no, Mike can get pretty stressed out, I guess. But uh, the Clomper made it. Yep. Dropped a score with, uh, Al said, 30 minutes remaining. That's a pretty tight window to jump uh, to jump Brian Wall. And then uh, Shane Marquez. Uh, yeah. So that, that, that rounds out the field. We've got... 72 of our 74 now, right? Yeah, correct. We just have uh, the money shot coming up this Friday. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to add anything to the pot. My guess is going to be no, in that a bunch of people go out and play on Friday, and then the subsequent two-week Friday, um, because I believe it's still a two-week 
yeah, leg. It's a two-week leg, I think. In terms of the prize pool, so I think this Friday we'll get massive, massive play as people go for that golden ticket trying to get into Worlds. Um, and then, obviously, that Friday night down at the Orleans is going to be Dave Sandmeyer. They should make a trophy for Dave Sandmeyer. Whoever yeah, gets in on that pass. Sandmeyer honorary trophy? Yeah, yes, get, gets absolutely. the Sandmeyer. I, th- I think I know he's a golfer. He uh, plays a lot of golden tee, uh, you know, and compared to like worldwide or you know people who play golden tee he's you know obviously top one percent but when you start looking at that upper echelon world championship level and so forth uh he, he still has a little bit of way to go uh he can definitely bust out major major rounds for sure but i think it reverts back to that thing that we've all looked for in our game which is consistency well you did a lot of talking there sorry but really my mind was on that sandmeyer trophy yeah let's get back to that I'm thinking. I'm, what I'm picturing here is is a is a small little trophy. It doesn't. It can be you know pretty small. It doesn't have to be some gigantic trophy, but it needs to either be made out of or lined with bushlight cans. I agree. I think that would be pretty sweet. If we could find a sponsor that's willing to commission said trophy, uh, we could make that happen. So uh, go, shout out to all the podcast listeners. Let's make yeah. that Sandmeyer trophy happen. Uh, and let's have a good time there. So Dave Sandmeyer last year, when he got in, you guys may have noticed a picture online of him celebrating. He had two beers in his hand. I would propose that it's uh, similar to kind of like in events mode on the uh, trophy where you see if you've qualified, there's a trophy. I would suggest the two handles are two balls of bush light. Whether they're real glass balls or not, probably not because you could break them. Yeah. But if they're, uh, you know, stainless steel, something like that. So when you hold up that trophy, you're holding two bush lights as you hoist that trophy. You know what we could do here, Will? We could uh, we could hold a design a trophy contest. Oh, design D-A- a trophy. D-A-T. And I like it. What we're what we'll do is we'll 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 accept uh, drawings submissions but, submissions from now until this following Sunday, mm-hmm. and then when we don't get enough, we'll extend it by a week. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Slight jab. Wow. Hope uh, hope IT's not listening. Got then, uh, so, some uproar in the audience members today. Okay, there we go. And then uh, and then we'll pick up. This this is good quality right here. This is uh this is us freestyling and all of our notes right here, all these various pages. Uh, the Sandmeyer Trophy was not up up to it, but uh you know yeah, Tony no. gazing into my yeah. eye, uh, me back at him. Yeah, the Sandmeyer Trophy. I think we need to make this happen. So I know you talked about how Quamper shot a score with approximately thirty minutes left. Yep. I shot a score that I was really proud of. Uh, to I was previously in fourth place. Yep. And I ended up shooting a three better. I needed a three better. And yep. I jumped from previously in fourth place. Yesterday I was down in seventh. Mm-hmm. That three better jumped me up into third place. And then I woke up this morning. I hope you didn't spend that money. No, no, not yet. I, ha- I have not drawn up any prototypes or anything for uh, the Sandmeyer Trophy because that's, that's what the prize pool is going for for me. And I saw a Facebook post this morning that said Jeff Sudiak had a grease fish juice box lunch box clownfish shoes uh myself and paul luna so he greased us uh after the official shot clock had expired so i'm guessing what happens is that he started a game just right before midnight maybe 30 seconds before midnight a minute or two before midnight because when i woke up this morning still looked like i was good to go yeah. in uh what shit sixth seventh eighth place i can't even remember what i finished i think seventh maybe eighth but uh yeah he sniped us so Jeff Sudiak, uh, ES, ES Jeff Sudiak. Uh, yeah, I won't see you at Worlds because you and uh, Justin Clark dropped out, but still love you, my man. So, Tony, on events mode, we talked about the qualifiers here. 
let's talk about some of the people. We, we said that Justin Clark and Jeff Sudiak had previously qualified. They withdrew, which is the reason instead of the five normal slots, we had seven this week. We've already given a list of the seven entrants who made it, and uh, unfortunately, Brian Wall, who came in eighth and uh, missed out on that final spot. You know, we got 74 competitors this year for $135,000. Uh, you know, we, we've been back playing in the World Championships now. I believe this will be the fourth year since they brought it back. Yeah, my uh, third because I didn't I didn't qualify the year that it was based on the daily. The convention center yep. one, yeah, that was only 32 people. I did, by the way. <clears throat> anyway, so in looking at the events modes breakdown, I just kind of wanted to go out and talk about some of the folks who have been at the World Championships in the past who did not or a lot of other tournaments too yeah and just players a lot of us are familiar with that 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 will not be there yeah and and who didn't who didn't make the cut whether they tried or not uh you know either way but just some notables kind of some name recognition because we've talked about with the field expanding to 74 uh I know of a couple local guys here who aren't going to be able to go to the World Championships this year and who came in they hadn't really played any previous events and they came in Monday afternoon and they were basically saying, "Hey, I'm I'm gonna make my world's pass this week. This is this is gonna be cake. There's no one left to qualify." And I know you, myself, I think Andy Fox, Aljez, I think they're somewhere out here in our audience. Uh, we told a couple people. We said, "This is gonna be harder than you think. There are yeah. more good players now uh, than I I can recall in the past." Yeah, I, I think uh, definitely the. That bar, I mean, there's a reason they included 74 this year instead of 64 last year is because that, that you know, that that group from the, you know, I don't know if it's ranking number 40 to ranking number 100, that's getting fatter and fatter. Yeah. You know, the, the, the players that can that can win, you know, uh, a live event, not not like live as in, you know, St. Louis Championship, but like, a you know, a 50-person uh, swipe in live event, it's getting more and more. So oh, a lot yeah. of good players out there. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of Minnesota guys that have been there, if not last year, then then years past. Uh, Todd Penikoff, Thor, Jade, Luke Nelson, who said he didn't want to go. Uh, so that's four for oh Julius Hall, Julius Ryan Hall. Torkelson. There's yeah. seven former world competitors that yeah. aren't even in it this year. And then outside of Minnesota, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of other guys that we're just not as familiar with. But Walter, who's an extremely good player, he yeah. didn't really make a run. I mean, that's a guy that could have qualified if he wanted to. Um, no, Matt K. Or Matt Cavanaugh, uh, Jeff Vordahl, Sonny, Tom Payne, and Steve Cook. So you know, one of these guys might make it uh, this Friday. Uh, good players out there that that might uh, pop a pop a two incher on Friday and, and qualify for the World Championships. But uh, those are uh, what, nine guys or so that were there last year that will not be, and the field expanded. So we've got roughly 20 new guys. Yeah, speaking of uh, popping two inches, I do see Andy Fox out here in the audience now, so that's exciting. Uh, looks like he's playing a two-man game right now with Aljez on Pembroke, so I think that's a pretty good transition. So in terms of events mode, we've come to the conclusion of it. We have the two spots left, the money shot, and then the last chance closest to the pin in Las Vegas. Um, what are your thoughts, Tony? Because they've kind of mixed it up. In years past, it was on the daily. Then last year, it was a two-week window in terms of your best five games on all five courses, I believe it was, yep. uh, and then it took a culmination of your you know best five games, your average, your GSP or whatnot. And then this year is brand new with events mode. And prior to the world's qualifier, they had what probably maybe five, six, seven events every other week to try to test it out, look at the numbers, see how the format, the you know breakdown of it worked. What what are your thoughts on this whole events mode versus, versus previous years of competition for the entries? Yeah, I, I mean. I, I enjoyed this one because 
the good thing about this one was it was it's something that even you know I qualified week two, you qualified week three. It was something we could keep participating in even though we were already qualified. Whereas in the past, uh, some people just qualified just by just playing regular gameplay, and then they ended up having to drop out because they weren't going to go. And so I know that created havoc for those guys at IT. And so I think it's something. It's great that it's something that you have to purposefully do. Correct. Uh, and and also it's something that you know, as we can see, it, it takes a lot of skill to, to qualify. You know, these people, the guys this week, um, probably played hundreds of games to try to qualify, or at least a hundred. And uh, you know, yeah. some made it and some didn't. So I, I think it's a good qualifying process. And I'm I'm guessing based on uh, the gameplay and the and the prize pools that have continued to stay in that ninety, you know, nine to ten thousand dollar range. Uh, that IT's pretty happy with it too, and so are vendors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, mo- most definitely. So, I, I've kind of, as the weather's gotten nice here in Minnesota, and then I've been on vacation. You've been on vacation. I've noticed it a bit. I can't necessarily I notice uh, say I notice it a ton, but I think with events mode, it also helps out the people who aren't trying to qualify by thinning out the 18 hole live play a little bit. Yeah. Where last night, I know that you had obviously seven, eight, nine, maybe 10, 12 guys going after the seven world championship spots, but then you also had JoJo, Paul Luna, uh, I think Gervais might have been out for Sudiak. a little bit. It, yeah, Sudiak, and they were and they were playing in events, which right there takes them out of live play which gives some of those mid-tier players who might normally be finishing in 5th through 10th place a crack at 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th. So overall, I, I think events mode is a win. I enjoy this format much better. Yeah, and, and in general, I enjoy events mode. You know, I think we're, yeah. we're going to get back into, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a rhythm like before where it's every other week. Uh, I know that we're skipping this week, no events mode this week, and then next week, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if Kevin told us this or if this was on one of his uh, live streams. Uh, but I know next week's event promote is going to be Bonnie Moore. Um, we know that they love that course. The reason Juicy. they love that course is because uh, players love that course. Yeah. I don't. I don't care for that course all that much. I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with it, but uh, it's not definitely not in my top ten. But um, but yeah, people like that course and people play that course, so they always they always use it. You know, whether that's classic course of the week, which we'll talk about in a little bit, or in this case, events mode. Again, I don't know how they're going to do this events mode. Whether it's going to be 50-person 50, 50 prize play, kind of like regular prize play, or very similar to events mode this week, this over the last twelve weeks, or, or what it's going to be. I, I don't think he mentioned how that was going to work. But yeah, we we saw him kind of you know play around with it where you could play ten games a day that were live contests, and then obviously during events mode it was a weekly contest. So we know they have daily, weekly events in events mode. Um, I'm really curious to see where they go with this. Uh, all the events modes that I've noticed so far are still set to that default of easy greens as opposed to normal or difficult. We don't even know what the terms are. And we've seen it in the past where they have had difficult wins, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not called difficult. It's something. Yeah. But they, they can mess with the they can mess with the wins. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like maybe I'm, I, th- I think Don maybe had mentioned, Don Tascone had mentioned, um, that they, they think they've found the fix to that, uh, the events mode, uh, non-sloping greens glitch, I guess. The easy greens, uh, But yeah. they're just waiting for the next major update that they're going to send out to, to push that. And so I, I don't know gotcha. when that would be. but uh, What's up next? So so events mode wrapping up, you just kind of touched on it a minute ago. You talked about Classic Course yep. of the Week, which today, if you've been following the podcast or the, uh, you know, the picture it gets put up a lot. IT earlier in the year had a big timeline 
for new core states, new pins, new tees, the whole thing. And new fly gear. Yes, new fly gear uh, coming up, I believe, in June. And yes. there was a re-release earlier this uh, past winter. So Classic Course of the Week, if you're following along, uh, was supposed to be released today. We got a word. It sounds like it's been pushed back to June. You and I got that earlier this morning. Uh, shout out to the good, kind folks at IT. We won't name names. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like it's been pushed back to June. We don't know if it's the start of June, the end of June. Uh, my thoughts, as we kind of summed up wrapping and up and talking about events, was that this would have been a perfect segue into Classic Course of the Week. I think they looked at their calendar, and I thought they nailed it. Yeah. You end events mode, you have 12 weeks of world qualifying, uh, different setups. You know, at the end, it turned into kind of like Freaky Friday, where you have, you know, mix-up of holes. And transitioning, after all these people are out in the bars, playing games, and getting all excited... I think it would have been really cool to have him come back in on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week and be like, oh my gosh, classic course of the week is back. Just keep that energy going, especially yep. if they're going to take a week off in events mode, you know, looking at data or tweaking or whatever. Uh, I think it would have been a great transition to just keep it going, leading right into the world. Yeah, I wonder if they'll, you know, actually play around with kind of combining classic course of the week and events mode eventually. <laughs> Interesting. Um, like I said, this the, uh, next week is going to be events mode Bonnie Moore. I don't know what format, uh, but they, it seems like something that'd be a kind of a natural combination that they would start to to do. So we'll see going forward. I don't have any. Yeah, because if you on that. if if you have the five 2019 live courses, the two remastered courses at seven, you have events mode with a potential another classic course right there. I mean, you give players the variety of having eight courses to choose from and that's if it's a straight up course not even a mixed up course yeah yeah so yeah i mean at a certain point you just have too many courses in reality like i don't know i don't know what i don't know what the the right number of maximum course courses is as they ramp up courses every year but uh we'll, we'll see you know i i don't know what the i don't know what the max number or the right number is yeah i, I know mean, the more courses the better just for variety but yeah uh who knows what the actual right number is. <laughs> but uh i know last year uh, we started our podcast about this time last year, a little bit. Correct, yeah. Yeah, it was about this time. I think right before Worlds, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember when Worlds. Worlds was right at the beginning of June, right? Or toward the beginning of June? Somewhere around there. Yeah. I'm sure we could look it up. Yeah, so it was about this time last year. And uh, so that we and one of the segments that we did a, did quite a bit was the classic course of the week preview. Yes. And so... Uh, hint, hint, Kevin, Adam, and Don. Yeah, well, and I think our issue is going to be that uh, you know, we've, we've already previewed a lot of the courses. So I, I think, you know, Bonnie Moore being one that I'm sure that they'll mm-hmm. repeat or, you know, all the, all the ones that they use quite a bit, uh, we'll probably just point in the right direction say, hey, this was podcast number 23 or 12 or yeah, whatever get, it was. Give them a, and say, give them hey, a reference point to it yeah, and then potentially and, say, hey, here are four tough holes to look after as opposed to going through hole one, throw it in the fairway, hit your eight iron, take your birdie. So, yeah. Well, I think that's a great But any, any course we didn't preview before, Fair game. We'll, we'll do a full. We'll do a full preview of these yeah. courses. Um, one of the other things we wanted to talk about. We just finished PEGT Tour Stop number three. Yes, and uh, I was there. Yes, Andy Fox uh, playing next to Al Jazz over there in the studio audience. And I heard, and I heard Andy Fox made the cut. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, okay. I also heard something else about Andy Fox in the cut line. He has promised. Mm-hmm. Promised that promised. he's gonna promised. Guaranteed. Also, guaranteed he, that he's going to make the cut at Worlds this year. Oh, that's a bold statement. Last year he didn't make it. You're aware of that, correct, Tony? Do you think Do you think if he, assuming that he is able to carry through with his promise, uh, that 
we will stop giving him shit about missing the cut last year after he makes a cut at Worlds this year, or are we just going to keep going with this? I think if he makes the cut, he saves the jersey, gets the ju- jersey framed and hung up here at the Banger Bunker, I think that'd be great. Uh, one of the pictures for our listeners who uh, aren't following us on our live video stream right now, uh, we do have a framed photo of Andy Fox. I believe it was one of the St. Louis tournaments from years past uh, as the top qualifier. And in St. Louis, so we have that framed on our wall. In St. Louis this year, Andy Fox was the second top qualifier. Uh, he would t- tell t- you that he tied t- t- for first. Tied for first, uh, missed out on shoddy, so technically he qualified number two. He, he made the cut. Hey, you know, I've been there. I've, I've qualified second before only due to the Must technicality nice. of shot points. Uh, and I would say that I was top qualifier too, although I do not have a picture on the wall that... that denotes the historic event yeah we have a we have a podcast picture with uh you al jazz adrian westegren and myself uh back at the end of the year houston tournament last year uh houston open and player of the year tournament as we were uh, broadcasting live on the stream that was very much like a sergio garcia drive right there yeah i can't i can't say i uh i can't say i remembered that uh, but yeah, someone obviously. I'm guessing Richard King took a picture of that. So Seattle, that was stop. No, uh, St. Louis, excuse me. Yes, was stop number three on the PEGT tour. I'm just going to give a quick breakdown of the top four finishers. Okay. Uh, Mark Stenmark won Green it. Rises to the top. Yeah, he knocked me out. Uh, Mark Stenmark took first place. Evan took second. This was on his home turf. Uh, he's been you know going through some things. He actually bulldozed that winner side of the bracket he was king of the hill and got double dipped by mark stenmark i was watching live on the stream and i i just felt awful forever evan you could you could see it in his body language in his face i i think he uh missed a chip on beals creek number one and uh it came up short of the green so then he was trying to chip in for birdie and missed the chip took a par on one on beals and you and you could tell he was already Emotionally drained at that point. Third place, Lance Harris. Uh, Lance Big Dick Harris, as we like to call him in Minnesota. Uh, and then fourth, Joe Massara, uh, Jojo. Milo Loss. So, uh, yeah, Stenmark knocked me out. Jojo sent me the loser's bracket. And, uh, yeah, my last uh, my last four losses in, in PEGT events, two to Stenmark, one to Luna, one to Jojo. That's been not a bad. Tough, been a tough go. Uh, Stenmark has knocked me out of the last two tournaments. Uh, Redemption and Worlds? Yeah, probably not. probably not. Yeah, I was hoping to make. I it. will guarantee that Mark and I will be at Worlds. Okay, yep. good deal. Yep. I, I tried to guarantee I was going to be at St. Louis. Uh, unfortunately, I had my grandfather pass, uh, rest his soul. And as a as a veteran, we had a service on a Friday, and then we had you know the burial at uh, Memorial Cemetery at uh, Fort Snelling. So it was a Friday deal and a Monday deal, and the logistics just didn't work out. Yeah, but, uh, I, know, I know how bad you wanted to go, and, and yes. Fox and I were happy to take your place. Yes. Um, there were 96 people who entered the main event competition. I felt bad because I had to withdraw, and on the initial sign-up list uh, that Power Events puts up with, you know, Steve, Russ, and Paige, uh, I, I think there were approximately 130 people signed up. Now, some of them may have been signed up for the handicap tourney, or uh, not intending to play in the main event, but you usually don't see a drop-off from 130 down to approximately 98. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I don't know what Stephen Russ and Paige would say, but I think typical drop-off from the sign-up list to the actual event is 10% or so. Yeah, I, I think 10% is right on. Um, and so this is a lot more than that, and I don't, I don't know what the reasons for that might be, but, um, but yeah, uh, I know that, I think the handicap even had more people, or, you know. So I think it was surprised that it didn't make the 100, the century mark. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, ninety-eight. I mean, two years ago we would have been, we would have been like ninety-eight. That's massive, incredible. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, but, and I, but I think, 98 now is just pedestrian. Yeah, I, I know this was the tournament they were shooting to have uh, their third tournament in a row, starting with Orlando, followed yep. up by Sussex, Wisconsin, and they were hoping to have this, I believe, as their first ever three in a row of over 100 participants in the main bracket. Yeah. So PEGT Tour, alive and healthy, get out to one of their tournaments. Uh, events mode just ended. Um, but speaking of alive and healthy, yeah, so we've got a, we've got a sponsor this week. And, really? Uh, and it, it's kind of a loophole. Ooh. Yeah. So this week the podcast is sponsored by Incredible Technologies. Oh. Specifically. Incre- shout out to IT. Sp- specifically events mode. So the way events mode works, it has to work kind of like a nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. And so with the prize pool of $9,500 approximately last week, you know, if they get, you know, in a perfect world, they'd get 9,500 entries. Mm-hmm. Well, not last week. Last week. They juicy. blew that out of the water. It was juicy. Will, you played 150. I played, I don't know, 50, 60, something like that. They blew it out of the water. They had to cut us a check for $15,000 just to break even. To keep their nonprofit Just status? to keep their nonprofit Ooh. status of events mode. Yeah, you got to so watch out is, for the government. So hey, we're going to upgrade the studio here, put up some risers for our live studio audience, yep. some new microphones rather than using Will's phone. And I can't thank Incredible Technologies enough and yeah. all of the Golden Tee players throughout the country for really just kicking ass this week and, and really getting us that $15,000 check to yeah. get us over the top. So big shout out. Fantastic Congratulations news. to Incredible yeah. Technologies on maintaining your nonprofit status. Uh, yes. So we're, we're, we're happy. Can't wait for, for next do- year for yeah. another 15000 Yeah, for the donations and the charity. That, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, IT, by the way, I'm thrilled to have you guys as a sponsor. I know the check hasn't arrived yet. You know, maybe they didn't, you know, overnight express it. They were waiting to do the final numbers today. Uh, IT, if you guys need the address here at the Banger Bunker in Burnsville, Minnesota, we can send that out. Uh, make sure you guys get the check over here. We'll have the, you know, new equipment within, you know, probably six to 12 months. You guys will notice a slight difference in audio quality. But uh, glad to have you on board, IT. That's uh, absolutely fantastic. You guys, are, uh, you guys are doing the Lord's work right there. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, so, uh, what do we got? Next thing well, we want to... Well, well, you did some homework, Tony. I, this I is did. exciting, and this is a good segue here. I did a lot of homework. Yes, yeah. while you were at your specifically, job. Uh, yeah, work, work, <laughs> but but uh, it's a you know a bit of a, a pet project of mine, or you know near and dear to my heart. These these remastered courses. Yes, agreed. And so I remember, you know, it was first announced. I don't know. I think it was at Worlds two years ago that they were going to do these remastered courses. And I don't think they necessarily said at the time what one what the courses were. I think everybody speculated for sure rattlesnake because yeah. that was always kind of the one that people talked about, and it was. And then we got mystic as well, and then kind of a long shot there, I think. On yeah. Mystic. But then I it must have been maybe Don and Adam were at the Houston event later that year. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, hey, have you guys figured out? the next classic course or not classic course the next remastered course yeah and they're like we're already done with them yeah like this is like crazy. 10 months in advance they just sent the design team working on it they're like yeah we've we're already figuring out what course we're doing for 2020 hashtag moon course moon course danny but, bell but i was like holy cow i better get my uh, get my ideas in quick so you know i guess about a week ago maybe something like that uh one of them put a post on on facebook to say hey you know we're looking for some ideas Oh, Here we go, Tony. Uh, how are those mountains? Nice and blue? Oh, yeah, still blue. Okay, We're good. Beautiful. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, that's all right, by all means. Um, and so 
they said, hey, well, we're already done with our 2020 remastered courses. We don't know what they are. We've speculated about that a little bit in the past. I've, got, I've given my opinion on, the, on them. But they said, well, I, we'd like to get some feedback from the players on what courses you'd like to see. Oh, and you love Q, feedback? I love feedback. And you love research. I love research. So, so this can kind of be what they already have in the can, quote-unquote, what they have in the can. If these two courses for next year, 2020, this yep. fall, are already finished, and speculation about 2021 potentially. Yeah, so they asked for feedback on the 2021 courses. And you um, got feedback. And I've got some feedback for you folks. So what I, I was going to do just like one, one year at a time. Like, okay, let's look at the uh, year 2004 courses, and then we'll look at the year 2001 four courses. And that, uh, but what I realized was... Uh, so, in the, the first year of Golden Tee 4, there was only three 18-hole courses, one of which was Mystic. We've already used that. So, that left two 18-hole courses. And then, the following year, the two, I think 2001, there was five full 18-hole courses, but we've already used two of them. We've used Pine, Meadow, and Rattlesnake. Yes. So, uh, I just kind of combined those two into, let's talk about five courses today. We're not going to okay. go hole by hole here. We're just going to talk about my general thoughts and kind of what the breakdown of the holes is. So first, uh, the, the first year, Crimson Rock. So what I, I kind of just looked at, okay, what was a, was a hole always drivable? Is it now going to be drivable with new equipment? And so then I kind of gave it a, a score based on that. A rating. A rating. Yes. And so Crimson Rock uh, is a pretty normal looking course. There was a couple holes that looked interesting uh, that didn't look drivable, but like uh, if it's way downhill, maybe a ramp shot. But ultimately, it got a, a, a change factor, quote unquote, of t plus two from me. So there's two holes that used to be drivable, or used to not be drivable that I think now would be. Gotcha. But ultimately, so change factor of two change strokes. Change factor of two strokes. Okay. Uh, and there's some interesting holes on there, and, and a couple par fives that I, that I labeled as eh, maybe drivable. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, right on the edge. Yeah. Maybe have to be the perfect setup. But no drivable par fives. Um, looks like seven drivable par fours. Uh, only three par threes on that course for some reason. Um, nice A1 on Pine Meadow from uh, LJS, speaking of remastered courses. Um, but uh, par would have been 27 back in the day, and it would be 29, I think, with the new equipment. For Crimson Rock. Wouldn't be the worst choice. Okay. Wouldn't be my first choice either. Uh, next up, so the two nine-hole courses are Rolling Acres and Royal Bannockburn. Uh, I, when I was looking at Rolling Acres, it didn't trigger in my head that it was uh, that it was a nine-hole course. And I was through the first nine holes. I'm like, this course would be awesome. Okay. And then <laughs> I was like, well, where's hole ten? I was like, oh yeah, they Shit, had nine holes. Nine hole. So I'm like, well, maybe if they combine it with Royal Bannockburn, like a mix-up with Pine and Crawdad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Royal Bannockburn is complete trash. <laughs> so, so that would be not very fun. So I wouldn't. If they could maybe maybe just do Rolling Acres front nine twice, <laughs> just repeat the holes. And, and, and this is when you say that Royal Bannockburn is trash. You're referring to the change factor, I assume. Or well, are you talking about yes like and no? I mean, the, I mean, the not fun just of the, it, cut shots. You know, the potentially used tees and street balls and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the cha change factor is always fun. Like, oh my gosh, I can get to so many more holes yeah. that I couldn't before. But also, just like, for example, Royal Bannockburn, the par is. Uh, back then was minus 10 Ooh, on a nine and we could course. maybe get to minus 12 and so i guess that's a decent change factor of plus two for nine holes but it's like that doesn't two par threes four non-drivable par fours it just doesn't look like a fun course gotcha uh and i remember being a pain in the butt back in the day so we're gonna skip those two uh 
And then the other one from the original four courses was Suerte del Sol. Uh, also worth noting, Suerte del Sol, the only course in Golden Tee history that's three words. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Suerte del Sol. More research. I don't, really, all I had to do was scroll down on um, Golden Tee fan. Yeah. Thank you, Eric Nelson. I was like, oh, three <laughs> words. I wonder if any courses, other courses are like that. No, is the answer. Suerte del Sol actually has a better change factor, plus three. So what used to be a 28 would now be a 31 par. And there were some interesting holes. And so of the, of the courses that are available from the original, I think I would prefer Suerte del Sol over uh, Crimson Rock. Although Crimson Rock wouldn't be the worst one. And, there, and the one cool thing about Suerte del Sol is there's, uh, there would be two drivable par fives. And we know how much they like drivable par fives now. Uh, they didn't used to like drivable par fives. That's become kind of a thing now. And so Suerte del Sol, I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Suerte del Sol is one of this year's remastered courses. After because, seeing the success of Rattlesnake potentially yep. with the three. Yep. Uh, one interesting thing, Suerte del Sol. So hole 18 was a sometimes drivable par four. Like I feel like back in the day it wasn't drivable at all. Um, but it would be, I think, sometimes drivable. Sometimes on these screenshots on Golden Tee Fan, it's a little bit hard to tell. Correct. You don't, you don't have you don't have a perfect view, um, but uh, but it's got a flat green. Interesting for an eighteenth hole. Flat green on hole eighteen, yeah. So anyway, but anyway, that I think Suerte del Sol would be a pretty interesting uh, course. Uh, then moving ahead to the the next year after that, uh, as I said, we we've already used Pine Meadow and Rattlesnake from that from that year. Uh, so we've got three left. We've got Bayside, Castleshire, and Maple Acres. Uh, no, no. This was basically the first year I started playing. I missed the previous year's courses. And of those, I remember playing Rattlesnake and Bayside the most. So when we have initially talked about this before, I figured Rattlesnake was a shoe-in. The drivable yep. par fives, the scoreability. And I remember back in the day, you know, when I didn't know what a good score was, uh, I remember playing Bayside a lot. And I really enjoyed playing Bayside. But your research begs to differ. Uh yeah, to put it short, we'll start with Bayside. My one word for Bayside is yawn. So uh, very little change factor, only a plus one. Uh, a whole bunch of holes that are like 450 to 470 yards, which is like back in the day wasn't interesting mm -hmm. and also still isn't very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be a lot of drivers and irons or you know laying back for shotties, and that's not a good thing. That's very much like a 2010 to 2012 era Jim Zielinski design. Yeah. Uh, you shout want, out Cape Haven. Yeah, you, you want scoreability. You want a, you want a fun factor. And uh, so par would go from 27 to 28. Uh, and I, I just kind of didn't think Bayside sounded very, or looked very fun at all. Uh, then next we've got Maple Acres. Okay. Okay. Uh, my note, my main note on Maple Acres is gross. Lots of non-drivable par fours. Par back in the day was 25. Now we got a change factor of plus two, so now it's minus 27. Minus 27 these days ain't gonna cut it. No, like that's not a course that's gonna get a lot of play. People like those courses; they can get their minus 30 unders on. Get into the minus 30 under club. Yeah, Mark, Matt Mark Stenmark. Ooh. Recent yeah. champion. Oh, so he'll let you in the shots. club. I mean, you definitely earn your way into the club if you got a minus 30 on Maple Acres. Yeah. But I don't think it'd be a very fun course. Uh, but we get to the final one. 
Castleshire. Oh, right? I hated this course. You hated it? I actually probably hated it too. But for here, right now, remastered course, it gets a it gets an oh hell yeah. Oh, that sounds like a high five. Yeah, oh hell yeah. Okay. That, it would be a, a great course. Yeah, let, let's get the breakdown very, for our listeners and our in-studio audience. Very interesting course, actually. There's only two par fives, and there's only three par threes, which leaves Woo. 13, do the math, par fours, uh, most of which are, would be drivable. Nice. There would only be two, I think, non-drivable par fours. Additionally, it looked to me, based on the tee boxes and the size of the greens, that par would alter quite a bit so mm-hmm. it could max out at like 31 maybe drop down to 29 those are my favorite courses courses yeah. where the setup can determine what the par is i don't like I, the course where the par is the same every time so castleshire gets an oh hell yeah from tony and the podmore get better podcast yeah i think uh i think they were asking for feedback on facebook you know what are the courses you'd like to see and i think castleshire was on my list after looking at golden tea fan now back in the day some of these courses kind of how it is right now you start off with hole one two and three and your winds might go from one to six miles an hour and then they go from six to twelve and then as you get to the back half of the course it goes from like twelve up to eighteen now if i recall right castleshire seemed to be one of those courses that was kind of on steroids where all of a sudden on hole one you could have like a 12 wind i think yep. it was a link style course you know kind of in theory a windy course where all yep. of a sudden you talked about drivable par fours. It could either be shut down with a big headwind or potentially drivable with, you know, damn near like an eight wood on a par four because of a huge tailwind. Is that your impression in looking at it? Is Absolutely. That, am yep. I recalling that right with the wind? Because yeah, that, I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that might have been the first first course they did that in. Maybe they did it on Royal Bannockburn, but, you know, it's the it's the um, British Isles course. Uh, I think it, I assume it's in the British Isles. but uh, And those are the courses, so like uh, Celtic Shores, has ramped up winds. A lot of those courses over the over the years, they've they've uh, jacked up the winds by one notch. Again, whatever they called it, yeah. from medium to high or whatever. But uh, but yeah, I, I mean, definitely par could vary on that course, and it it had a uh, plus four course factor score. I mean, Ooh, this is yeah, that's an oh hell yeah for sure. There's there's gonna be a spoiler that there's gonna be another oh hell yeah next week. Really, that's one I've talked about before. Uh, but uh, you'll have to tune in to get the next week's oh hell yeah. But hopefully, again, if 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 they uh, if they've already designed and remastered Suerte del Sol and Castleshire and teed up for 2020, then, I'm all in, baby. Then we're buying I'm the all drinks in. in Vegas. Yeah. yeah. No, that that sounds really exciting. So, Tony, tell us about your plan. You kind of gave a little teaser for next week. It sounds like you plan to go back, do your structured course research, and talk about how you feel transitioning some of previous four courses into the live play format would work. Yeah, I. I yeah, I, I think that's part of it, right? Um, you know, some some courses just aesthetically a lot more pleasing, and it would be easier to remaster. Uh, I think you know how it works in my head, at least internally at IT, is they just they, they choose the course, and, and I think one of the reasons they don't use the even older courses, the pre four courses, is because something about the graphics not the graphics engine but the the modeling software the 3d mm-hmm. modeling software doesn't they can't easily just flip it over to the graphics team and say go so they basically have to build it from the ground up yeah they'd have they'd have to, to yeah it's not a remaster it's a rebuild essentially yeah. and so i think with the four courses they're using the same 3d modeling software where they can just literally say okay graphics you know graphics team go up, up upgrade you know yeah. the palm trees and and this and, and yeah and, they, and they've talked about how like they don't they don't alter anything now I think it'd be cool if they did tweak a couple things, like hey, let's let's make these trees a little bit taller. Nobody will notice. 
because it'll make the hole a little bit better. But I mean, they've they stuck to their guns on the okay, we're not going to alter this hole. It's going to be exactly the way it yeah, was. Think, it's just going to be remastered. I, the I trees think, are going to look great. The fairways are going to look great. Um, yeah, and the greens are going to be new greens. What we've noticed is the greens are a lot smaller in the old courses yeah. for the most part than the new and, courses. And I enjoy that. You know, we talked about yeah. shaping shots and uh, trying to hone in your golden tee game. If, if you go and you're trying to qualify during events mode or whatnot, and all of a sudden you go to a course, and granted some of the greens are huge, like you have Pine Meadow number one, absolutely huge, uh, but then during the course of the round, you get some greens that are a lot smaller than we're kind of used to right now, and yeah. I think it kind of helps upgrade your game where you got to learn better cut variations, better distance control, and so forth. Yeah, so I, I, I always look forward to, I look forward to finding out what courses they're going to be, and I look forward to playing the courses when they do come up, so... Uh, Hopefully we'll find out in the in the relatively near future what those courses are going to be, and hopefully IT takes some of the feedback, not just from me of course, but from from the uh, Golden Tee community at large uh, to to heart a little bit when they're deciding what their next 2021 remastered courses are going to be. Yeah, that's huge. So yeah, I think we're going to start wrapping it up here. Uh, we try to do it every podcast episode, and we're going to do it again. So number one, we want to give a shout out to IT. I'm I'm getting really excited for Worlds here, Tony. We yep. got what a month and a week, week and a half until Worlds. Uh, so a lot of the folks we've partnered with primarily are Don Pascone, Adam Kramer, and Kevin Lindsay. Uh, Lindsay with an A, I believe, uh, <laughs> since he misspelled my name on a sheet last year. Uh, obviously, Power Events Golden Tee Tour, uh, PEGTTour.com is their website. Six tournaments every year run by Steve Sobel, uh, Russ Layton, and Paige Gossett. Uh, absolutely outstanding tournaments. Uh, I know Steve has kind of referenced this before, and... Every year they've kind of gotten a new, not necessarily a newer player base, but their tournament attendance has been rising, and they've seen an influx of newer players. I would hope maybe just in the smallest heart of hearts that maybe our podcast has helped convince people go to it, but I think uh, the Golden Tee fan on Facebook, uh, and I yep. think Eric Nelson also runs that as well, or at least started in it. Yeah, he was kind of the founder. Um, the founder, yes. Um, but I think when people go their first tournaments, a lot of times they go back on a Sunday night, Monday morning, sometimes a Tuesday night, or if you're in the, you know, Richard King Travel Agency and you're a member of that, you might get back, you know, like on Thursday or Friday of the following week. Anyway, I think a lot of times people see the feedback of someone who went to their first tournament that they really enjoy it. Oh my gosh, it felt like, you know, meeting, you know, family you've never met before. Everyone just welcomed me in. Uh, so between those three groups, you know, Golden Tee Fan, Power Events, and then IT, uh, I, I think good things are coming in the future. I'm, I'm really excited for this, and this is why I know I love doing the podcast, and I assume you do as well. Yeah, absolutely, and I think uh, you know, we, we all get excited. I, I got I, I wasn't planning on going to the St. Louis tournament, but <laughs> then all of a sudden I got excited about it, and I was like, heck, you know, yeah, I don't maybe, have anything maybe going. Maybe you were about week. eight beers deep or maybe, something yeah, and yeah, accidentally exactly. booked that ticket. Yeah, but. whoops. No, uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're, all, we're always excited to go to tournaments. Yeah. We're, always, we're excited for Worlds coming up. And then, you know, in terms of the PEGT schedule, we're in a little bit of a lull, right? We've Correct. talked about this is podcast season because we're getting all kinds of news. Worlds is coming. Classic course of the week. We're in podcast season. Well, we're not actually in PEGT season. Next PEGT event is until August. And so hopefully, you know, that'll, that'll get the juices flowing. Worlds will get some juices flowing and people yeah. will just be yearning for uh yearning for a pegt event and and uh what's the next one evansville right uh evansville indiana yeah, followed so, up by richmond virginia and then the houston tournament is now in austin texas yep. which also uh is the two tournaments in one with the austin open and then the player event or uh player of the year i believe the top gun slash little gun yeah also worth noting thank you al jazz is the carolina clash that's coming up 
I don't Ooh. have the dates in front of me. We'll make sure uh, to talk about that. With Chris Longino, yeah. I believe his uh, vending company is putting that on, or he may be hosting it. I uh, can't remember 100%. I know I'm not able to make it, unfortunately. Yeah, Al, do you know when that is? I don't, but he's definitely hosting it. Okay, like Longino is. Okay. I don't. I we'll, think it's in between Worlds and the next. Okay, well, we'll get some dates next week at the, for, the, for our podcast, and we'll make sure to give a shout-out to Chris uh, for that tournament. So, anyway... Uh, we'll wrap up uh, wrap up the podcast for this week, and uh, we will uh, next week we're going to talk about the um, design hole. So this we've already seen five of the ten finalists, actually six of the ten finalists because it got released uh, earlier today. And so we want to talk, kind of give our feedback on each of the ten. And uh, you just maybe, added to your homework list. Yeah, give like. our uh, <laughs> give our uh, give our. Uh, you're, you've got some homework too. You need to come with your top three. I'll come with my top three. And Sounds we'll uh, talk about it next week on the podcast. So until then, thanks everyone for listening and uh, have a great week. Take care.